What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life's a Garden. It's another fantastic week in this garden we call a life. Before we get into it, I want to address something. With all the talks of anti-Semitism in the news, I want to make it very clear that my hoodie does not, in fact, say Hitler. The amount of times I've worn this hoodie, either on the podcast or in public, and had people come up to me and question, why does your hoodie say Hitler? It has almost completely bullied me out of wanting to even wear this hoodie. But I refuse to be intimidated into not supporting one of my favorite podcasts, one of my favorite podcasters. Now what the hoodie does say is get that hitter. And I thought it was reasonable to wear this because it is in baseball font and we are in the middle of the World Series, which by the way, doesn't, who cares? Because baseball. But anyway, and, and to the credit of people, the font does make it fairly hard to read. But I wanted to air that out, make sure you all know I'm no Kanye West. So now that we've gotten that straight, Let's get into today's episode. It's episode 124 of Life's a Garden. Yeah! Back at it for another fantastic week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't yet, please make sure to like, share, subscribe. Do all that stuff. Helps me out. Means nothing to you. Means everything to me. Appreciate that very much. It is officially one full week since I shaved my beard. And I gotta admit, it's growing in pretty pretty well. Um, I was a little hesitant to uh, the, the the whole reason I didn't want to shave it is because I didn't think it would grow back so fast. Now, I didn't straight razor shave it, which I think helped make it, you know, it, it'll grow back a little faster when you just buzz it down. But, um, I mean, it's not looking too bad. I was, I was a little more hopeful that I would have a fuller beard when I go to Nashville next week. But, unfortunately, it looks like that's probably not going to be the case. Um, the mustache is growing in a little bit thicker than everything else, which tends to happen. So, as of right now, I look like a homeless porn star. Uh, so, that's, that's, that's the struggle when, when you start growing your beard back, is there's stages. And right now, I'm at the scumbag stage. I look like a total scumbag. Things are going to come out uneven. I'm going to have to level things out, make sure things stay even, clean it up here and there. It's going to be a chore. But the hope is we're going to have a full beard by Christmas. Back to the full beard by Christmas. That is my hopes. That's my dreams. But it's actually filling out fairly well. Like, I'm not baby-faced anymore, that's for sure. I'm definitely going to start breaking out because when you get those short hairs, they irritate the skin. So I'm going to be scratching and breaking out, which is already kind of happening. Oh, the struggles. I tell you what. The struggles of 
having a beard. But I will admit this, it was well worth it. One of the absolute best Halloween costumes I have ever had in my life. So many compliments. I was actually shocked at the amount of people who knew Little Nicky. The people that came up and, Little Nicky? Oh, or they'd say, oh, Adam Sandler, right? Like, they were so close. So I'm like, I was shocked. I mean, it's such an old reference anyway. And the amount of people that said it was the best costume they'd seen all, all year, that's when you know you hit a dinger. And I think I did. I, I did it. It was one that was on my list for a long time. Very proud of that. So all in all, shaving the beard was worth it. It is windy as shit today. 60 mile per hour winds. What did I did I up and move to fucking Wyoming? Now, I have to I, I just have to 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 do a callback here. Okay, so last week on the podcast, the Halloween special, if you didn't watch it, go back and watch. Fantastic episode. I told you a little story about my travels through the wonderful state of Wyoming in which yet again was faced with horrendous obstacles that I had to persevere through one of the more horrifying moments of my life. I shared that story with you last week and yet somehow I failed to emphasize how much Wyoming is a piece of shit. Now, we've discussed this before, and it's, it's truly telling the fact that I'm willing to bring this up again, considering we did a whole rant on Wyoming before. But it's necessary for me to reinstate my hatred for the state of Wyoming, because as... As if I thought I couldn't hate it anymore. Oh, buddy. We, we went from level 10 hatred to level infinity, okay? I can't stress enough what a worthless piece of shit plot of land the borders of the state of Wyoming contain. Now, normally I don't get heated this early in the podcast. We're four, five minutes in and I'm already blood red, blood red mad. Just, just by saying the name Wyoming makes my blood boil. My e it's dripping out of my ears. The blood has risen so high. This last trip almost certainly made up my mind that I will never drive through that fucking godforsaken state ever again. And you know me, I love going to Denver. But after doing this so many times... It's, it's truly wearing on my life. And considering I am getting older by the day, I can no longer justify 
wasting a single second of what precious life I still have on this earth, spending it in the state of Wyoming. So from here on out, anytime I need to go to Denver or anywhere that that the roads would the, the 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 best most reasonable route takes me through Wyoming uh-uh. it's flying from here on out it's it's the air for me anytime i'm going to denver you best believe i'm hopping on a flight and we were suppo- we were promised cheaper flights to Denver. This was the whole dude, when Frontier announced that they were having direct flights to Denver for like a hundred bucks, my dick couldn't get any harder. Because I knew right then and there that was the only way I was getting to Denver. And then they teased me so hard and pulled out at the last second. Thanks, COVID. I think that's pretty much why I, I'm pretty sure that's why Frontier backed out of, of Billings was because of COVID, because of the pilot thing and uh, n- not having enough people to fly the planes or whatever or, or staffing, whatever it may be. Hopefully, they come back around. But regardless, I would sooner pay first class on Delta United. I would spend upwards to $1,000 round trip to not have to drive through the hellscape that is Wyoming. If I ever have, next time I ever go to uh, Sturgis, I will take extra hours driving through through North Dakota into South Dakota just to avoid Wyoming. Not to say that North Dakota is any better, but Wyoming has completely lost my, my, my anything. There's nothing that would ever make me want to go there ever again. It's boring as shit. It's always windy. We know this. I've already talked about this. I've already discussed all the reasons why Wyoming is shit. If, if I, if, if there is a hell, my personal hell would be an eternity of driving back and forth through the state of Wyoming in a snowstorm, attempting to record a podcast with Kevin Glover, and the only song on the radio is Baby Shark. That, that's, that's my eternal hell. Or all the passengers in in the car are people I hate, and I'm driving through the state of Wyoming. That's that's my eternal hell. That's that's torture to me. I mean, honestly, fuck the blizzard part. I just just normal driving through Wyoming because there's nothing to look at. <sighs> the fact that I've had now two solid rants on Wyoming. Should say enough, okay? Why does anybody live there? And 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 honestly, the last time I ranted about this, people, everybody was like, "Well, what about 
Yellowstone National Park. I don't even I don't even count that as a part of of Wyoming. That that's it's a district in itself. It's it's its own thing. It's not part of Wyoming, even though it technically is. Like it's like the Vatican. The Vatican isn't in Italy. It's it's in Italy, but it's its own sovereign nation or its own sovereign whatever. That's how I feel about Yellowstone. Yellowstone is its own entity. And then you have the rest of Wyoming, which can just eat a fat cock. And there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that any of you could ever say to make me think otherwise. I am officially done with that state. And when I listened back to the podcast last week, I was so disappointed in myself for not doing this then. But it's great because it gave me the perfect opportunity to do it now. Because even when I was listening back through that story, I just, the blood was boiling just thinking about how much I absolutely fucking hate Wyoming. So, had to get that started. we're, We're starting this episode with level 10, okay? We're starting it off right, right in... We're going max speed to start this podcast. Usually I ramp into the into the rants. No, we're starting at the top, baby. And that's how you have a good episode, to be honest. That's how you start a good episode. Now, another thing I need to address, okay? Sober October is over. We know that. I talked about it last week. Had a beer. I did pretty good. Now, I told you I slipped up a couple times during Sober October. But one thing I did not slip up on was eating poorly. I, 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 you know, I, I went out to eat a couple times, but I never, I, I actually avoided the fast food. I was pretty diligent about eating here at home. You know, sometimes I'd eat pasta or something that wasn't necessarily considered healthy. But for the most part, I did. I maintained, I did steaks, I did chicken, rice, things like that. I was very good about the, the diet. Now, the second Sober October ended, I took my happy ass to Taco Bell because I couldn't help myself. I made a, I mean, yet again, another thing that I've, I've been very vocal about and, and very transparent about is my absolute undying love for Taco Bell. And so I have made the realization, or I I guess I have made the acceptance that I am a whore for Taco Bell. I'm Taco Bell's little cum slut. They got me. I can't help myself. I literally cannot physically help myself when it comes to Taco Bell. There's nights I'll drink there's there's literally nights that I will have a huge meal, a fantastic dinner, go out, fill my body with beer, which is filling, and by the end of the night, there's no reason for me to be hungry, but my body craves something warm and 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 
something that I don't have to cook. And the only option is Taco Bell. Now, I could easily take a route away from the Taco Bell. I could just drive on a different road so I don't have to even pass it. But even still, I tempt myself. I put myself out there to be tempted. I want to be seduced. But the tacos, the burritos, the nachos. I want to be seduced by that little chihuahua. I drive by. It beckons my name. I see those lights. I see that purple bell. I can hear that ringing. It calls to me. And my body starts turning that wheel. Like I'm out of control. Like I, I, my, my, I will literally tell myself before I go out, no Taco Bell tonight. We're going to be good. We're going to do good. We're, or, or I'll even say, you don't even need Taco Bell, bro. You don't even need it. You just you, you ate plenty of food tonight. You're going to wake up feeling like shit. It's, you don't need it. But I, I drive by and my senses, I'm, I'm not even near the building. And I can smell it. I can taste I can taste the meat on my tongue. I start salivating. And I, as, as, as I drive by, my, my, my body just takes over. And that wheel starts to turning. And before you know it, I'm waiting in line. And even while I wait in line, I am sitting debating with myself. Do I even need this? Is this even something I need? I, I know I don't need it. And yet I still wait. I roll up to the box. I order my food. I give them my, my whore money. And I, I eat it. I'm a slave. I'm a slut. <sighs> Just that. I mean, they, they, got, they got me. They, like, there's, they've, they've, they've got a hold on me and there's nothing I can do about it. Okay? I'm, f- I'm addicted. I'm physically addicted. I can't help myself. So, since Sober October's been over, I, I've just been... I've been... On my knees for Taco Bell. Just letting that nacho cheese just shoot all over my face. Oh, yeah. Just nacho cheese dripping down my face. Total money shot right there. I'm a taco whore. And, and not, not, and now when easily taken out of context, taco whore, I'm not talking no fish tacos. First of all, fish tacos are disgusting. Second of all, to associate the term fish taco with a woman's puss is just absolutely the most disgusting thing ever. To be fair, in all honesty, there really aren't any good terms. There's there's no real like pleasant terms for a woman's vagina. Even the term vagina is like too medical. Like it, it's not hot. You wouldn't say me- you wouldn't say vagina and be like, damn. Even like if you shorten it to vag, vag is so blunt. It's such a like rough. Vag. Let me get in that vag. I'm gonna dive headfirst into that vag. Like it sounds so gruff. 
You know, like think about every word associated with with uh, vagina. Like it's not good. I'm not. I was about to say the c word. That's a big no no. Not going to say that. It's so bad I won't even say it. Uh, cooter, cooter. Like that sounds horrible, S- dude. Is there any m- anything more crass? More repugnant than to call a woman's VJ a snatch? Like, holy, like, that in itself is just, that's a complete reverse boner to call, a, to call it a snatch. That's, that's the most horrendous thing I've ever heard. Like, there's nothing I could even think of. There's, you know what, actually, there's, there's two. There are two phrases that I prefer that I actually deem quality. One of them is coochie because it's a little bit more cute. Kind of like cooter, but cooter's gruff. Coochie, it's kind of fun. And the other one is box. Just because it's funny. I think box is hilarious. Let me get down on that box. Let me go let me dive deep into that box. <laughs> Uh, box. <laughs> that might be my favorite now, actually. Now that I've broken it down. But for real. And and dude, fish taco? That's That's gotta be on the bottom. That's gotta be one... Not the bottom, but it's gotta be down there. Like, women. That's, that's gotta be a... How is that not a bigger issue? You know? Like, I feel like most words for, for penis... Like, penis is very medical, but dick, cock, those are all, like, fine. I mean, how, how, is, how are we not discussing the fact that every single word associated with one of the absolute most beautiful and enjoyable parts of a woman are, like, the most disgusting terms that we could possibly think of? This has to be a, a bigger issue, okay? I, I'm I'm going full feminist right here. I'm I'm on your guys' team. I want I want something better for you out there. Because this is not good. We need to be able to say a word some form of the word that we don't deem as just vile. We can't think of that part of the body and, and be disgusted. That's like one of the that's a beautiful part of the body. One of my favorites. But I can't even say what it is because it's it's not like the words just don't the words do not match <laughs> the words do not match the snatch <laughs> the fuck? snatch is the worst dude I can't it's it's so terrible we need to we need to make this an issue I'm putting this on the ballot next year we need to make this an issue and no longer can we demonize this part of the body we need to have a better word for that because i feel like that could easily be a factor in um just men's demination of of women in general because we need to have a better term for that we need to be able to positively remark upon that part of the body anyway back to my whoring of tacos I'm a little dumpster slut for Taco Bell. I need help. But here's the thing, okay? 
I was thinking about this the other night. And and honestly, I I think I've only eaten Taco Bell twice since I mean twice in six days, that's pretty bad. But um the other night when I had Taco Bell, I, I immediately was like, I'm gonna wake up and probably regret this. I'm probably gonna hate myself for taking the time, spending the money, putting this in my body. And then I woke up and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. It's my life. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, if, if Taco Bell makes me fucking happy, then hell yeah, I'm going to invite that into my life. I need happiness in my life. We all do. We all need to embrace what makes us happy. Now, of course, there is a such thing as overindulgence. And I don't want to overindulge because that will kill me. Taco Bell every day will kill me. But... I'm not going to feel bad for indulging every once in a while. And neither should you. You should, you should indulge in the things that make you happy. And yes, we like just don't consume yourself with the regret of things that you indulge in. Now, if you overindulge, time to reel it back. But feel like you should be able to feel comfortable indulging from time to time. Because when we indulge, we put joy into our lives. And that is a good cycle to have. Because once you introduce joy, you exude joy. And and it starts a nice little cycle of positivity. So, that's what I'll say about that. Because while I did regret it, I reeled it back and I said, you know what? It's all right. It's all right to be a little a little slut every now and again. A little taco slut. <laughs> um speaking of being a whore, your boy is on the prowl again. Your boy is officially on the prowl again. So, Tinder sluts, watch out. Yeah, well, without, you know, I don't really want to dive into any of that. I don't really want to dive into my personal situations, my personal life, and and things of that nature. But, on a more serious note, oh, actually, you know what? Let me, let me tell you this one. So, like I said, your boy's kind of back on the prowl. He's back on the, uh, on the well, I don't want to say on the market, because I kind of never was off the market, I guess. But, um, I, I, so I'm, I'm out last night, right? Of course, my favorite place, The Crystal. And, uh, I'm chatting it up. <laughs> this is, this is life. This is my fucking life in a nutshell, okay? This is, better yet, my, not my life. This is my love life, I should say, or my, um, my luck with women, in a nutshell. That's a better way to put it. I'm out, having some drinks, uh, hanging out with a couple ladies, we're just having fun, you know, whatever. And this one gal, she's flirting with me a little bit, you know, I can, I, I'm not blind. I can tell she's kind of flirting with me. Now, okay, let me, as I'm telling you how this went, follow along and tell me if I'm 
reading the situation correctly or if I'm just completely fucking nuts, okay? Little bit of flirting. I mean, she's stealing my hat. She's like, like scratching my chin, touching my leg, smacked my ass at one point. You know what I mean? Like, am I crazy or does that not sound like some pretty decent flirting? Yeah, you know what I mean? End of the night, we walk out. I tell her, I mean, she was even holding my hand at one point. And I tell her, you know, I'll walk you to your car. We're downtown. Dangerous, dangerous spot. You know, I'm, I'm a gentleman. Make, make sure to take you to your car. Now, here's the thing about me, okay? I am very much, like, I try to be a little forward, but I'm not so forward that I'm going to force myself onto you. You need to kind of, like, engage a little bit in a first move before I do because that's just who I am. Like, I just, I, I'm very hard, it's very hard for me to engage in a first move because I don't want to come across as creepy or, um, like, aggressive. So, I walk her to the car. Um, she all gives me a hug. She's like, all right, we'll have a good night. And I'm like, and, that, and I'm like, all right, yeah, see ya. You know, nothing's going to happen. So I'm like, that's fine. We're going to leave with the night. And she's like, where did you park? And I'm like, just a couple blocks that way. It's fine. She's like, no, no, no. Let me give you a ride. Okay. Like, it's two blocks, but okay. So now I'm starting to get the vibe, right? Am I, am I, am I losing you at all? Am I, am, I, am I losing my mind here? She invites me into the car. Drives the two blocks, parks right next to my car. And she starts telling me, or, you know, we're talking, we're just having a little small talk. And she's telling me how, like, she doesn't want to go home, this and that. So, being the gentleman that I truly am, invite her over. She insists not. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I understand. I would never want to pressure you into anything, is basically my thought. I didn't say that out loud, but my thought. So then, then we're getting, you know, I'm getting ready to get out of the car and go home, right? My whole life, in any one of these situations, anytime, like, think about it, okay? I just told you all the little scenarios that have been placed upon me, correct? <laughs> you would assume, if, if, I'm, if I'm reading the situation correctly... That she kind of wants something to happen here. That's my vibe, at least. And as I previously stated, I'm not the one to force myself into a move. Because, again, don't want to come off as creepy. And 90% of... No, no, no. Not 90%. 98% of my life, I would just walk away. I wouldn't force myself. I wouldn't make a move. And then I would go home and later regret not making said move because then I'm thinking, oh, she, she wanted me to make a move or they would even tell me some, some girls would even tell me they wished I had made a move. So completely forever, always living in regret and always hating myself for never actually making the move, especially when all the signs are flashing in front of my fucking eyes. So, 
it was time for that 2%. And I go in for the kiss. We kissed. And it was just like a quick kiss. Nothing, nothing hardcore, nothing, just a quick kiss. And I got rejected. I mean, she kissed me back. But then it was like, (laughs) yeah. And she was just like, she basically like, just was like, not down. That's that's like basically what it was. She just was like, not into it. So the one time, the absolute one time I grow a set of balls and make the move, blows up in my face. And that is me when it comes to women in an absolute fucking nutshell, bro. Oh my god. I, and so when I would normally drive home feeling like a piece of shit for not doing anything, I drive home feeling like a piece of shit for doing something. You can't win. Like there is, you can't win. It's a lose, lose scenario, I guess. Damned if I do and damned if I don't. Oh my God, bro. Oh, what do you do? What do you do? Now, on a more serious, like that was uh, that was all true. Not not that I'm not being serious, but for the most part of this podcast, I've been fairly uh, jokey and whatnot. But as you know, I do like to th- take some points on a serious note, and I do want to p- make a very serious note here. Rejection fucking sucks. It does. And for my whole life, I have been majorly um, affected by the fear of rejection. Especially when it comes to relationships with um, just talking to women. Anything. You know, like, I, I had very few girlfriends in high school because of my fear of rejection. And the fear of rejection comes from the pain of heartbreak. Heartbreak fucking sucks. Like, it, it really sucks. We've all felt it. I mean, you're not a human if you haven't felt heartbreak. And that comes, and that's why rejection is a fear. Some people just don't have that, you know? Like, I've met plenty of guys who will go up to every girl in the bar and shoot their shot, and get shot down nine out of ten times, and feel nothing. They're bulletproof. But then they get that one, and it's like, okay, so your method kind of works. Me? Uh-uh. I've gotten a, I've gotten better about being... Um, I've gotten better about trying... And I, and I think I've kind of um, navigated 
the way I talk to women or the way I approach situations to where it limits the amount of rejection or or it limits the expectation to where the rejection doesn't hurt as much in certain scenarios. And so, anyway, regardless of all that, that's the other thing too, you know. Rejection, the pain of rejection comes from expectation. So when you have high expectations of a situation or anything like that, and you get rejected, that's when the pain comes in. That's where the heartache comes in. If I get rejected by somebody that I could care less about, I don't, like, if I have zero expectations or if I'm like, you know, I don't care what this girl thinks or I don't care anything about the situation at all, and I get rejected, then there's no heartache because I wasn't expecting anything. On the opposite side, when you do have high expectations, when you do have, not expectations necessarily, but um, hopes, I guess, when you have high hopes that things will work out or that things will, will, uh, yeah, work into your favor and then you get rejected, that's when the pain sits in. And the levels of pain can vary, obviously. Like, if this is something that you've been wanting for a long time, obviously your hope and expectations are at an all-time high. So the higher your expectations, the higher your hope of things happening, the harder the crash when you get rejected. And the further the fall, and when you hit that bottom, it hurts a hell of a lot more. And, uh, yeah, so in both senses, I have, you know, I have felt rejection a lot lately. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that, when I, when I talk about rejection and talk about the hopes and all that stuff, it comes in multiple forms. Like, for instance, last night, I was just hoping, you know, for some physical, uh, interaction. I guess, whether it was a kiss, maybe more, that was my hope, and I, I put myself out there, I made my attempt, and uh, got rejected, and that hurt a little bit, mostly hurt my pride more than anything, and like I said, this was nothing that I had been like working for for a long time, so my Hopes and expectations were a little low, you know, it was, it was more on the bottom. So the fall was not that far. So I, I bounced back pretty quick. Now on the other side, when you are working on the possibility of a relationship, um, and you're working on it for months, and, and the, See, this is something I've had to deal with multiple times in my life. Um, first of all, I have tried to work on relationships with people who weren't interested in me. And my hope my hope was that they would be interested in me. And once I finally had the realization or was told that that wasn't going to happen... 
long fall from the top because those expectations were very high. So the crash on the bottom hurt. Now, on a more recent note, I was working towards something that I thought was going to work out as a long-term thing. And there was interest involved. Like, I, I thought she genuinely had interest in me or and, and and i'm not saying she didn't okay you know like i'm not saying she was lying to me or posing or whatever like there was genuine interest being displayed to me and so that made my expectations even higher because oh i'm thinking there's mutual there's something mutual here now while there were waves along the way that made me think this might not work out which definitely made the expectations dwindle. At the very end there, the expectations were at an all-time high because things had been set in motion, leading me to believe that it was all that things were going great. Things were at, at their best and, and that things were going to work out. So now my hopes and expectations are at an all-time high in this situation. And out of the clear blue sky, rejection hits again. So here I come falling back down to earth. And that hit on the bottom, man, fucking hurts. And the best thing we can do is just pick ourselves back up, dust ourselves off, try again. So I know that I'm not the only one who deals with things like this and therefore I want to just put it in perspective I guess and just not something I haven't really necessarily talked about I have I think I have talked about like my fear of rejection but I've never really talked about my experience of rejection especially when it's like something that I can recently talk like recently reflect on so I envy those who just are fearless when it comes to getting rejected. The thing is, I mean, that's what heartbreak is, dude. Like, being rejected by somebody that you want nothing but adoration from, you want nothing but love and affection and... and um what's the word I'm looking for? Um, mutual, mutual feelings. And then the rejection, that's heartbreak. When you, when you, when you don't get that mutual, the mutual feelings and, uh, you know, heartbreak fucking sucks. Heartbreak is the worst um, because it's nothing we can just throw a bandage over. It's not like a broken arm where we can just throw a cast on it and wait for it to heal. Healing a broken heart uh, takes a little more than than some bandages. And f unfortunately for me, I have dealt with a 
num- a number of heartbreaks when it comes to relationships and things like that. So, I've become a little hardened to it, I guess you could say, which is kind of why I've been single for five years, because I don't allow, like, I've been very adamant about not allowing myself to be open and vulnerable to rejection. Like, if I disassociate myself with any with any idea of commitment or relationship, then there's no there's no way I can feel pain of rejection or feel pain of of uh, heartbreak. So that's why, for a long time, I was very disassociated. And then here I here I am, finally open and willing to be vulnerable and to and to be receptive and be open to the idea of something committed and yet again heartbreak and rejection it just finds me every time no matter what no matter how many times i try and open up and try and be vulnerable and let me tell you, that shit will wear on you. And that will cause people to be hardened. That will cause walls to come up. Because, and, and can you blame us? Can you blame people who, who can't stand heartbreak for putting up walls? For being disassociative? Not wanting to have committed relationships because we, we are so afraid that we're going to get our hearts broken again because that pain sucks. If any time you can mitigate pain in your life, you're going to, you're not going to like that's. And I think that's the difference between me and somebody who is a little less fearless or who is a little more fearless. The fearless people are willing to take the chance of facing pain. The, the, the adrenaline junkies who ride motorcycles, who, who, you know, jump off cliffs, who do shit like that, they know the possibility of getting hurt exists. They're willing to take that chance for that, for, for the, the high, um, for, for, for the positive side of it, for the, for the ultimate high positivity. I'm not. I, I mitigate pain. I, I will actively do things to not get hurt physically, emotionally. So if I can ever mitigate pain of heartache, I'm going to. And every now and again, I will jump off the cliff. Every now and again, I will take a leap. Sometimes it works. And apparently when it comes to relationships, I slip and fall every time. And so that is a very decent explanation of why I've been single for five years. So to anybody out there who knows what I'm think who knows what I'm talking about, I guess. Um I guess I don't really this might be one of the first times I don't really have positive advice. I don't really I'm navigating it myself, you know? Like, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know how to deal with 
being hardened and disassociative to women. Therapy. I guess that's what it comes down to. So just want to let you know, I'm, you know, you're not the only ones out there who have to deal with stuff like that. And to those who are the risk takers, the bold ones out there, fucking envy you, man. Keep it up. You guys are the true, the true heroes. Cause man, do I, do I wish I was more like that? I wish I didn't have that fear of pain, that fear of rejection. I've had it my whole life. And when you face enough heartache, man, that fear goes gets higher and higher. So, none, enough of that. Enough of that. Um, we got sappy enough there. But we got real. And that's what you get. You get both spectrums of the podcast. This was kind of the opposite, right, of how I normally do it. I normally start it on a slow note. We reach the pinnacle, and then we drop it off there at the end. This time we started out at a high, we kind of dipped back down, now I'm going to bring us back up, and we're going to end this episode properly. What the fuck is going on with Kanye West? First of all, can are we finally done talking, like saying what a genius he is? Now, I guess I have no room to speak because I'm not really... Update. I'm not really educated on Kanye West musically. You know, obviously he's done something right. The guy's a billionaire, so he's made very good business moves. He's not an idiot by any standard. I guess for me, I've never loved the idea of calling people geniuses. I think people are very good at what they do. I think there are definitely people who are levels better at what they do. But to call somebody a lyrical genius, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being crass about that type of music because when I think about lyrical like people who are very, very good lyricists in the metal community, I guess genius isn't a word I wouldn't use. So, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. But regardless, Kanye West is in a lot of trouble. And more than anything, the curiosity I have is, when did this feud between black people and Jews start? Because it's not just Kanye. I mean, Nick Cannon, he came out with a big old rant about a year ago or so. Almost got his ass canceled. Now we got Kanye. Kyrie Irvin is coming out and saying stuff. Like, when did this all start? Like, what did I miss? And I'm not even going to dive into the things that were said or like the the accusations being made because I don't know nothing. I don't know anything about none of it. Okay, I'm not in the Hollywood business. I don't know anything about producers or managers or things like that. Because things that get said on both sides tend to make sense to me when I hear, like, some of the things Kanye said, I'm like, okay. Like, I see the point that he's making. Now, I'm not talking about, like, 
you know, I see, I don't even know half of the stuff he said. So I can't sit here and say some of the stuff makes sense because some of the stuff he said might be just horrible. And I don't know. But what he's saying about like producers and things like that owning the music, I get that. But it's not just black people that they're doing that to. You know, it's it's all musical artists. All artists. And I don't know which producers are Jewish and which are not. You know, like, I'm not sitting here and saying, you know, there's that whole thing where, like, the Jews run the media. The Jews run everything. I don't know that to be true. I'm just a guy who watches TV and listens to music. I don't know who's running everything. Those guys know better than me. So, they're in the industry. I'm not yet. Hopefully one day. And that's why this shirt doesn't say Hitler. Because one day I want to be present in the music industry. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was, that's that was more my curiosity is where did this, like, beef between black people and Jews come in? Because, like I said, it's just, it's just a trend that we're noticing, right? Kanye, uh... Nick Cannon. I'm sure there's been several others. But I'm just... I don't even know where that started. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. And then... um, Elon Musk, man. He finally got... he, he, he The sale of Twitter is official. They officially uh, sold Twitter to Elon Musk. Immediately fired everyone... At the company, which is the absolute most boss move ever. It's like that, I don't know what show it's from, but that scene where the guy comes back and he just starts paintballing all the guys at work. He's just like, you're fired. You're fired. I love it. He's just like, he finally gets sales. He's like, hey, guess what? You're all fired. I love that. Boss move. And then, I don't know if anybody heard about this. Immediately upon the 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 purchase or like the official sale of Twitter, Amber Heard deleted her Twitter, and people were like, I mean, there's a lot of speculation as to why, but my favorite one that I didn't even think about is now because for anyone who doesn't know, Elon Musk and Amber Heard used to date. Now Elon Musk has access. To all of her DMs. Now, I don't know if her deleting her Twitter removes that. Or if he still has access to that since it's in their database. But that is hilarious. The idea that he would, he could possibly go in and read all of her DMs. Woo-hoo! That's hilarious. So, and then Elon started, uh, he, he made the thing where it's like eight bucks a month to have the blue check and this, that, or the other. I don't know. I don't have Twitter. I never have. So when people talk about how Twitter is such a dangerous place and how like, you know, it's addicting and this and that, all of that shit goes straight over my head because I've never had a Twitter. I don't know how Twitter works. I don't know like the ins and outs of it. Instagram, same thing. Like, I have an Instagram, but I barely use it. Barely. So, like, the addiction side of things, I get how TikTok... Like, I understand how TikTok and Instagram reels and things like that can be addicting because it's 
it's like a consumption thing. I'm a visual consumer. I'm not like, I don't need to like tweet things. I don't need to like express myself. I don't need to, uh, I don't need to let the world, man, this, see this, this is how I like to express myself. When I look back at old Facebook posts that I've made in the past about like how I felt at the time, God, those are just so cringeworthy. And I, and it's because you're reading it. Like the context of how you feel can never be expressed just in in type. That's why I like doing the podcast because you can you can hear my expression. You can tell when I'm joking. You can tell when I'm being serious just by the inflection in my voice, by the mood. You can feel my aura. You can feel my mood that I'm presenting. You can see it visibly in my face, in my emotions, in my actions. You can't get that on type. So that's why those things never appealed to me. I'm a visual consumer. I like to watch videos. I like to look at pictures, things like that. So that's why I can understand how like Twitter, or I mean, uh, TikTok and uh, Reels and things like that are more addicting or can be addicting because I associate with that more. Never been part of Twitter. Never been really into, not even Facebook. Like the only reason I even use Facebook is more for memes and and things like that that's the only thing i really look at on facebook so it's just one of those like everyone talks about how twitter is such a vile place it's 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 full of hatred it's it's this that and the other it's corrupting people for this that and the other reason i don't get any of that i don't understand any of it because i'm not in that world but based on everything i've heard with what Elon has planned to do. I, I, he's a smart enough dude that I think he can figure out how to make that company work without it. You know, he, he's going to figure some stuff out. I, I trust in him to be able to figure that stuff out. People are all like freaking out that he's just like this monster of whatever reason. I've already done a, an Elon Musk rant too about how people are just like stupid in the idea of He's such an idiot. He's a terrible guy. The guy cares about free speech. That's cool with me. I'm way cool with that. So, anyway, that was that was another thing. Was just that Twitter thing and Elon Musk. And I love that he fired all those fucks because clearly they weren't doing a great job anyway. All right. Well, let me. I'll finish with this one because uh, this is kind of a short one anyway. And we're almost to the end here. (laughs) I've been having dreams about having like big guests on the podcast. Like like absolutely unobtainable guests as of right now. Like maybe sometime in the future if this thing ever blows up. But I've had... (laughs) I had a dream the other night that I, I was interviewing of all people... Kevin Durant. I'm not like a Brooklyn Nets fan. I don't even watch a lot of Kevin Durant games. So why in God's name was Kevin Durant one of the things that were in my head of guests? Like, don't get me wrong. Would absolutely love to interview or talk to Kevin Durant on the podcast. And then the other one I had, this is even more random, was former president... George W. Bush, along with Ross Perot. 
Now, you could scour my brain for days trying to figure out why George W. Bush and Ross Perot were swirling around in there enough to appear in my dream as a guest on my podcast. And of course, I didn't, the questions I was asking him were just like softball questions like, why do you think that everybody gave you such a hard time as a president? That was when SNL was really popping off of the jokes and all the political humor and things like that. <laughs> when, I, when I would have been like, hey, did you know anything about 9-11? Like, did you actually know about 9-11? <laughs> when 9-11 happened, I could have been one of those kids you were reading to. I was that old. Now, again, would absolutely love to have the former president on the podcast. So... Mr. President, Mr. President, former President George W. Bush, if you would ever like to come on the podcast and be a guest, I would love to have you. I promise I won't ask you anything about 9-11, and we'll just have a good time. I know you're watching. I know you're a big fan. So why don't you come on the show, and we'll, uh, we'll have a ball. All right. That's going to be that for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. I got to go watch the Tennessee Vols versus the Georgia Bulldogs game because let me tell you the Tennessee Vols have completely pulled me onto their side this year. I'm 100% all in on the Tennessee Vols. Fun team to watch. I can't wait to see this game. So, I'm going to get the hell out of here and go watch that thing. Thank you again. Appreciate you watching the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week. I hope it taught you a little something or at least, you know, made you think something. Let's do the cliff notes. First of all, rejection sucks. I hate it. And I'm working on it. I'm working on the pain. I am a absolute whore for Taco Bell. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. And unabashedly, fuck you, Wyoming. But still, regardless of how much I hate you, Still want you to live good lives. So for all of you out there, even you, Wyoming, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it.